Today's daf is daf chavches. In Lemaisa, page 28, Lemaisa, we got to daf chavches, but I want to go back um, almost to the middle of Chavzai and Amr Beis. It's a little bit more than halfway down. We're going to pick up from Masiv Rava. Because this question, the reason we're backing up, because this question is going to take us pretty much up to the Mishnah, um, towards the bottom of Chavches Amr Aleph. All right? So here we go. Pick up from Masiv Rava, a little more than halfway down on Chavzayin, Amud Beis. Now, what our question is ultimately going to challenge is that we learned that if you have an animal, which is a Tomim, again, you have an owner that sets aside an animal for a carbon and dies. What, how do we consider that animal? So if it's a Tomim, if it's a complete animal, fit to be a carbon. We said it's going to be considered um, like specified money. Tamim is like specified because it can be used for a specific thing. If it's a balmum, let's say he set aside a balmum, so that we're going to consider to be stam, unspecified money. Again, tamim if it's completed specified money. If it's a balmum, we're going to be con- we're going to consider it to be unspecified money. Rava is now going to quote a brisa. Rava is an amira. He's going to quote a long brisa. We're going to get into this brisa, have a number of limudim, a number of things to be learned out from the word karbano. And that is going to ultimately be answered as we get near the Mishnah on Chavchei Samaral. So here we go. Masif Rava, Rava asked a challenging question on the premise that if you have an animal that's a balmum, we consider it to be stam, unspecified money. Karbanai, it says in the Torah that he brings Karbanai, he gets a kapara from his own offering. What do you learn from that? If somebody has to bring a karbachatas, it has to be a karbachatas that you set aside for your carbon. It cannot be a carbon that was set aside by your, by your own man. So if let's say someone's father set aside a karbachatas and he dies, can I bring, can I bring my father's carbon? No. Because it says karbanai. It has to be an animal that I set aside as a chatos, not an animal that my papa set aside as a chatos. Okay? The reason why and the circumstance surrounding when I cannot bring my father's carbon is, maybe I'll say, my father set aside a carbon for a more severe transgression and I'm bringing it for a lighter transgression or vice versa. But maybe, if let's say my papa my old man set aside a carbon for an Avera that I did the same exact thing, same level of transgression. Maybe I could bring his carbon. Again, what the Gemara is, what the Gemara is observing here is that when the Torah says carbonai, it's got to bring his carbon. Doesn't mean literally my carbon, or maybe it's just demanding that if I'm going to bring a carbon that my father left behind before he died, it has to at least be in the same category. Tamur Lemar, carbonai, carbonai. Twice, which means ain't no circumstances. Even if we have the same level of transgression, I cannot use my father's sacrifice. It's got to be mine. Let's keep going. Maybe I would still think maybe I cannot use my father's animal by an animal that my father set aside, maybe the reason why you can't do it is because I cannot go through my Naziris process with an animal of my father. 
I'm shaving my own head, finishing off that process, and I'm going to use an animal. Maybe that's where we have an issue. You're not doing the whole thing. Maybe, let's say, my old man didn't, just set, didn't set aside an animal as his chattas. You know what he set aside? Money. Before he died. He had to bring a garba chattas. And he kicks the bucket. Never set aside an animal, but he set aside $100 for this. Maybe then I'll say, oh, so now that I need to bring a chattas, maybe I can use that money to purchase my own one. Because when I buy it, it should be considered carbonite. It's as if I brought my own carbon. And now it won't matter the level of transgression if there's a difference between me and my father. Because again, I'm not literally using his carbon. I'm just using the money he set aside, even if, he, even, even if he transgressed in a lighter way than me, or he transgressed in a heavier way than me, I should be allowed to use his money. Sorry, because we know that a person can go through the shaving process of Nazirus with the money of his father, as long as his father didn't specify it to be for animals. For life, his Granted, I can't use it when it is specified, which means, of it. It says Karbanai again, a third time, which teaches me, you ready for this? Not only can I not use my father's sacrifice when I have the same level of transgression, I can't even use money that my father set aside for a carbon. Even the money that he set aside for a carbon, I cannot use for my carbon because it says Karbanai. All right, this is all the Brisa. Again, so where were you holding in the Brisa? What we're holding here is Karbanai, Karbanai, Karbanai. It's got to be my animal, not my father's animal. It's got to be my money and not money that my father set aside for his own sacrifices. Let's keep going. Says the Gemara, Yachol, I might think, I cannot, I cannot be Yotzei, fulfill my obligation with money that my father set aside. Maybe, I feel, Granted, even if we're on the same level of transgression, I can't use the money. Maybe if I myself set aside this money for my own sacrifices, maybe then we'll say, thank you, maybe then we'll say that I can use the money that I set aside for a different carbon for this carbon, okay? Which we'll explain soon what that case is. Even if it's a different level of transgression that I was obligated. Meaning like this. I, I transgressed. I set aside money for a carbon chatas. And then I transgress again in a different way. And I decide, you know, the money I used for my carbon chatas for the first transgression, I want to use for my second transgression. I would say, you know, you could do that. No matter the circumstance, even if it's a different level of transgression. His carbon on his chatasai. It is. That you, you only fulfill your obligation with a carbon that you set aside for this specific Avera. Okay. Yachol, I might think, maybe when, I would say, when can you not use money that you set aside for a sacrifice? That's minakala lakala, minachamura chamura, afil minakala chamura, minachamura lakala. It doesn't make a difference to circumstance whether it's the same level or a different level. Shekedim hifrish behem alachela vevi aladam. Because let's say in the following situation, let's say I ate forbidden fat and I set aside. Um, money 
or an animal to be used for my personal carbon on the fat. Okay? So I would say, you know, I took that animal and by mistake, I used it for the sin of eating blood. Over there, there's no me'ila that's done because it doesn't have the re- uh, required level of Kedusha. And therefore, and, and also, he did not get a kapara. The whole thing was a mistake. But maybe I would say, if there's money that I set aside for myself, and now I use it for a different avera, I would say that if, let's say, I set aside uh, money <coughs> that uh, was initially thought or d- decided to be set aside for me eating forbidden fats, and then it ended up being al-adam, I ended up using it for the sin of eating forbidden blood, or al-adam vice versa, shari mal, over there there is me'ila, now as soon as there's me'ila, not only going to have the transgression, there's also, what me'ila does, is it removes the high level of kedusha that was on the animal before. So I would say, since you now have Meula, since you now have, since you have Meila, the money that you set aside should lose its holiness. It should now be considered Chulin. And now that it's considered Chulin, I should be able to, I would think, to be able to use it for a different sacrifice. Shari Mo'al V'chiper. Tamar Laimar Al-Chatasai. It's got to be for his Avera Achehe Karbanai. If you want your carbon to give you a kapara, it's got to be with money that the entire time was set aside for this specific avera, for this specific sin. Okay, that is the brisa that we started out today with, starting from Chavzai and Omer Beis. Rava was again asking a challenging question from the brisa, and now the Gemara, as we start to reach the Mishnah, on Chavches Hamad Aleph is going to is going to explain how this brisa is going to challenge our initial premise that a Balmum, a blemished animal, is going to be considered stam unspecified fun. Says the Rav like this: Katani Mias. Look at what we learned. We learned Behema. We gave the case where you set aside an animal, which is. You cannot complete your Naziris process with the animal of your father. My, does it say what type of animal? Does it say whether it's a Balmom or whether it's a Tamim? Does it make a difference whether it's complete or whether it has a blemish? No. My lafila Balmom. You see from over here that even if the animal is a Balmom, you cannot use it for whatever you want and it's going to be considered specific money. And again, the premise before today's question is that if you have an animal that's a Balmom, that's considered unspecified funds. Well, if it's unspecified ones, why can't I use it to be mechaper on myself? So the says, like, no. When we say animal doesn't mean any type of animal, you know what it means to me, ma? Only an animal that doesn't have a mum. Says the Gemara, okay, well, avobalas mum, my. What are you going to tell me is the halacha of a blemished animal? Kishtumadamya. You tell me it's taka considered stam, like plain? Well, then my ear, you tell me, why is it for Javiv? Why do we only say the issue is plain money that his father set aside? Listen to Mum. We should write about a blemished animal as well. Why would you leave it out? If a blemished animal is the same Allah as regular money, write a blemished animal, animal that's a Balmum. To which the Gemara answers, same answer that we gave on yesterday's daf, Hachinami. We could have. We could have listed Balmum. But it's unnecessary, you know? You know what? Delamai chazia ledmei. Delamai chazia. What is a Balmum good for? 
What are you, what are you able to use it for? To me. The value. The, the financial part of it. To me, I knew mice. So that's money. The Gemara says, ah, you want to know why we're not listing a Baumum along with money? He says, because a Baumum is money. That's all it is. It's not a carbon. Because it's not, it doesn't have the ability to run as a carbon. So what do you have? Financial value. Now that it's all about the financial value, it will be included in the halacha of, of mice. Bottom line, bottom line is that Rava's challenge from the Brisa is not a good challenge. Rava wanted to prove that a Baumum is considered specified funds from this Brisa. It's not considered unspecified. And then where it says, no, a Baumum would be considered unspecified and it's the it would be have the same exact standing as plain cash. I why didn't we list it specifically? We say because the Baumum is cash. That's what it's good for. It's good for its value. Okay. Period. End of that sugya. Beautiful. Here we go. We're now up to the Mishnah, two-thirds of the way down on Chavchesomar Aleph. And this Mishnah is going to get into the uh, back to Naziris. And we're going to discuss the ability of the husband to be mefer, his wife's nether. How long into the Naziris does that go? So we said, the last mission we gave a case where she had already set aside her animal and he removes the nether. So what do you do with the animals? That was the sugya. Practically speaking though, there's no nether. Everybody agreed that the nether is removed even though she set aside the animals. The question is, at what stage of the avoda within the process do we, do we possibly say that a husband lost his right to remove the vow? We're so far into the completion of the process that it's considered over already and the husband no longer has the ability to be made for the nether. So that's going to be what this Mishnah is about. Here we go. Nizrak aleha echad min hadam. If let's say the blood of one of the animals is already sprinkled on the Mizbeach. So once that happens, it's the sprinkling of the blood that really completes and uh, completes that. Now there's more that should be done, but the Iker part, you know, when do we consider like it was, it was offered is by the sprinkling of the blood. Okay. So once you sprinkle the blood, by the way, the same way we're about to say the husband loses his right to remove the vow, technically what we're saying here is any obligation of Naziris is also going to fall off because she's done. So says the Mishnah, the husband no longer has a right to remove the vow. You don't even need to wait for the sprinkling of one of the animals. Even if one of the animals was only shechted, he cannot remove the vow. And when is this halacha true? That's when we're dealing with a regular Tahara process, meaning you have a Nazir or a Nazira that, um, that's been Tahar throughout. Okay, been Tahar throughout. We're not dealing with um, a Tomei situation. He still could remove the vow after the Shechita. Because, uh, yeah, the husband could say, I don't want a, a wife who is a Minuvelis. All right. 
Now she's going to shave her head, go through the Naziris again. Now as she's going through the Naziris again, she's not allowed to drink wine. So the husband's saying, no, I'm not, I'm not letting her not drink wine again. I've heard about this within the last 24 hours. I am removing the vow. Even when you have a taglachas for tahara, I'm sorry, taglachas that doesn't mean a complete tahara process. Taglachas to make her tahar so in order to restart. That's what it means. He says, Yafer, he could remove the vow. I don't want a wife who even has to shave the rest of her head. He says, I want a wife who has hair. And uh, if she doesn't have hair, I'm going to consider that to be something that gets, you know, something in our way. And he would have a right to, uh, to, remove, uh, to remove the vows. Okay. Says the Gemara. My season like Rebbe Lezer, a Mishnah found Rebbe Lezer, did Rebbe Lezer. If it would be following the opinion of Rebbe Lezer, Amar Taglachas Me'akeves, he holds that if she doesn't shave her head, so Me'akeves, she cannot go back into her days of Naziris. If she becomes Tamei, now she has to shave her head. She she uh, ate uh, Taglachas Me'akeves. Shaving of the head is Me'akev the um, the her losing her rights of Naziris. The Kivan Vagilcha Asira Bechamra until she shaves her head. She cannot drink wine yet. She's still Usr. The Kivan Dislainivul. And since she's Usr and she's Minuvul, which means she's not allowed to drink wine, which bothers the husband. So Matzimefer, he's able to remove the vow. That is Rebbe Lezer's uh, opinion. So Rebbe Lezer, the Misa is not stimming with the Mishnah. Because according to our Mishnah, that um, the, uh, the, Opinions in the Mishnah, I'm sorry, the opinions in the Mishnah are shchit of the animal or the sprinkling. Nobody said that it's about the hair cutting. Rebbe Lezer says about the hair cutting. So that's not the opinions of our Mishnah. And the Machleka says as follows. We now turn to the top of Chavcha Samad Beis. Tanadi Don Savar, the Tanakama holds. Kivan de Israel Galeidam. As soon as they sprinkled blood, the altar Shari Bechamra, she could already drink wine. And therefore, since she could already drink wine, the husband has no right to remove the vow, because not being Noilavina, nothing getting in the way of their relationship. There's no nivel over here. There's no nothing for the husband to complain about. Um, why? You know, I'm removing the vow because she can't drink wine. Yes, she, yes, she could. She has no right to remove the vow. But Bekiva says, says, no, I feel. Um, he says, even if the animal's been shechted, we're not, already we're not going to allow him to remove the vow. I, the Nazirus is still in place, yeah. But once you shecht it, if you're going to change it, it's going to cause hefset, a loss, to kachim, to the Mizbeach, and that is not something that we're permitted to do. So it's a alacha. It's a separate alacha that once the shechit is there, you can no longer uh, remove it. There's nothing to do with Naziris itself and the husband's or the husband's ability or nivel. It's alacha in hilchas kachim that once you shecht it, we don't want that to be taken away from kachim. Maskevla Rav Zera asks a challenging question. Vamai, why do we say that it's going to cause a loss to kachim if that's the reason for Rabbi Akiva? Lizrak daman shalay lishman. We should sprinkle the blood shalay lishma v'yater basar b'achila, and that'll allow the basar to be eaten. Milaytana, didn't we learn? Kiv say atzeres when you have the sheep that are brought on shvuas sheshachta on shalay lishma v'shachta shalay lishma ishachta on fnei asman were in the wrong time oilachas man or too early too late adam yizarik v'basar yachel. Sprinkle the blood, eat the meat, the Shabbos, it was Shabbos, then lay is right. 
then we don't sprinkle it on top of the Mizbeach because it's not an obligation. But if he did it, which improperly on Shabbos, so then Hortza, it's going to be accepted. Yeah, it's going to be accepted. You could eat it. There's no problem whatsoever. And therefore, if Zera is asking a challenging question, he says, I don't understand. Why are we going to consider this Hefzid Kachim? Why are we going to consider this a loss for Kachim? Still sprinkle the blood without any specific intent. And that's going to permit the blood to be, the, the meat to be eaten. And there's no Hefzid. There's no loss of this meat. Amri, they said, that you're right. If the animal, remember there's three animals that are shechted, the Eilah, the Shlamim, and the Chatas. If one of the animals that were shechted was either the Eilah or the Shlamim, then Hachinami, you would, you know, your idea would actually uh, work out and nothing would end up being wasted. Yeah, it wouldn't cause a Hefzid. But the case of our Mishnah here is The first animal you shechted is a carbon chatas. And then after the shechita of the carbon chatas, that's when the husband removed the vow. If you do that, the meat is not going to be eaten. The carbon is going to be uh, hefzid. It's going to be considered a loss. And that's when Rebbe Kiva does not allow the husband to shash. What the Gemara is saying, before we prove this halacha, the Gemara saying is like this. Our Tanakama held, you know when the husband could remove the vow till? The sprinkling of the first animal. Rabbi Akiva said the shechita of the first animal. What the Gemara is clarifying here is, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva only holds that you lose the right to, of nullification by the shechita of the first animal if the first animal was either the Ayla or the Shlama. However, if it would be a different animal, if it would have been the Chatas, then he doesn't lose his right. If he shaved his head with any one of these um, carbonis, okay, one of these carbonis, he already fulfilled his chi of his obligation. Beautiful. Okay, last part of the Mishnah. Says the Gemara. I'm sorry, What is the Tanakama going to hold in this circumstance? Rabbi Kiva has a good svara. Yeah, he says that Rabbi Kiva holds that, or I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry, not Rabbi Kiva, the Tanakama. What's Tanakama going to respond to Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir is a good time. The husband's going to say, this is, a, this is something that's between us in our relationship. I want to remove it. The Tanakama didn't allow that. So what's the what's the svar for the Tanakama? What's the reason? The Tanakama, Omar Lach, Tanakama will say to you, Efshar Bepeya Nochris. No, you can wear a shaitl. Even if she shaves her hair, she shaves the hair, she can wear a shaitl. And since she can wear a shaitl, she can wear a, a, a wig. Memela, it doesn't impact their relationship. Okay? But Revea is still going to say that a shaitl is not a good answer. A husband prefers that a wife have her own hair than to be putting on somebody else's hair. And he could still say that even if you wear a wig, I prefer your natural hair. And I find somebody else's hair to be strange and weird for you to plop that on your head. Hence, he's still going to consider it to be uh, something that's minavel, something that gets in the way of their relationship. Okay, Kavaldik. Second mission of today's daf. Here we go. A little more than halfway down. On Chavches, Amar Beis, Zokna Mishnah, Ish Maderes Benoi Benazir. 
a man has the ability to make his son a Nazir, however, a mother cannot. A father has a right to make a son a Nazir, but a mother does not have the right to make her son a Nazir. Why? We'll see in the Gemara Mertesha. What's the Nafkamina? Ketzad. What's the case? Ketzad, um, yeah, Ketzad, what's the case? Gileach, oi shagulchuhu kroivav. Okay. If they shave the head of the son. Now, why is his hair being shaved? Why is he shaving his hair? The Mefar Shemir explained, because the son wants to show that he's not interested in this Naziris. She wants to show he's not interested in this Naziris. Now, how could he show that? So if you look at Rashi, the second, uh, you know, let's look at the first two Rashis of the Mishnah. It's very important. This that we say the father's Naziris is effective if he makes his son a Nazir. There's two Rashi on this. Rashi says, Gileach b'seichimei Nazirusai. The husband, shave, if, the, if the son shaves his hair during this Naziris, Aisha Gokhu Kroivav b'seichimei Nazirusai. Or the relatives cut his hair. On the last day, a father could technically make a son a nazir. However, if the son or close relatives, which we'll get into the whole explanation, denounce it, we'll call it, or renounce, they say, no, not happening. So it's removed. So, the son takes a haircut. But then haircut, he says, I don't want it. The relatives cut his hair, saying, we don't know, we're, we're not in on this. Or instead of taking a haircut, he says, I don't want it. Or the relatives say, we don't want to allow him to If there's an animal that's mefurish, explicitly set aside for the end of the Nazirus, which is now non-existent, because there was a macho against it, hachatas tamos, the animal that was set aside as a chatas has the regular halachas of a chatas, which is you leave it to graze and die. You bring them as regular pledge offerings. Like we learned prior. Okay. Let's say the father, when he made his son in Nazir, didn't set aside direct animals, but he set aside money, plain money. The So yiflu nadava. Allah is. The money gets set aside for nedavos. We'll use we'll use uh, regular carbon uh, sibo, uh, regular communal offerings with it. Moisma for Russian. Let's say he set aside the money specifically. Yeah, this money here is for the three carbonis. Then and he's mafurish with it. Demechatas yechliyam amelach. He can't get ano, but it's also not going to be meila by using it like we learned a few blad ago. Demeila nan involoy mayalin. Okay. If he brings, if the money was set, the money that was set as the value of money that was set aside for the ayla, you should bring a regular and a dove of ayla, and it would be considered meila because it has high level kedusha. Okay. That, those are the halachas of the Mishnah. Let's get into the original opening of the Mishnah, which is that a, hus- a father has a right to put Naziris on a son, but a mother does not. Let's just start this, and then Bezshem, tomorrow we will restart the Gemara from here. Ish in avol isha The father can make a son a Nazir, the mother cannot. My taima, 
Why? Why? Why can the father do it? And why can the mother not do it? Rabbi Yechina, Rabbi Yechina says, Halachi ibn Azir. It's Halach l'mayshmi Sinai. Right? It's passed down. Mayshmi ibn Sinai that a father has a right to do this. Rabbi Yechina, Amar Yishlokish says the name of Yishlokish. Kedei lechanchoi b'mitzvahis. The reason why a father has a right to do this for his son is al tzchinuch. Yeah? There are, uh, even though it's not a mitzvah to become a nazir, but as we said, there's times where it is appropriate. There is an appropriate time uh, to a person make themselves a nazir to raise their level of kedusha if they feel a weakness in a specific area. And in order to bring that concept and that idea into his son's life, the father... Uh, the father who has the chiyav of v'shinantam levanecha, of teaching the Torah to your children, which is a chiyav on the father. So they, the Rabbanon said, since there's a chiyav on the father, v'shinantam levanecha, to teach Torah mitzvahs to his son, if a father chooses within the elements of the, within the elements of chinuch to place this nazirus on his son, it's going to be there mitzad, the, the chinuch shabai. You know, let's just ask one more question. Iyachi, afilu ishanami. The, the the mother also has chinuch, yeah. Says the Gemara, true. But the sabr ishchayav lechanich b'nei mitzvah and ishchayav is lechanich has bina. The Reish Lakish holds that the biblical obligation, or the, actually the rabbinic obligation of general chinuch, is is something that's brought upon the father. It's not a responsibility on the mother. Therefore, it's only the one who has the responsibility to do this who has the right to bring about the nazirus on the son. Okay. We'll hold it here for today, Besham. Tomorrow at 6.20 p.m. We will restart the Gemara. Really fascinating sugya. Uh, we're going to keep going a little bit more about, uh, about Chinuch over here and, um, and get into the relationship between parents and children and Chinuch and when it comes to Naziris and how, uh, and how all that uh, works out. We'll create some parameters and uh, you know, or we'll create some guidelines, we'll call it, about how this mitzvah of chinuch works. Okay, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.